Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you, Andy. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it has been some time since we have uh, since we've talked. How's your movie life? Holidays and all. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're still sick. I, you know, it's this it's this never ending uh, illness, and I think I just keep getting different waves of it. And round three with urgent care today. We'll see if they can uh, figure out uh, what I have because so far they haven't managed to help me at all. Uh, how's your movie life? You've been seeing a lot of stuff as usual. Your letterboxed is on fire. That's what being sick does. That's what being sick does. Yeah, I get to lay around and just watch things. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fine. Just just try to play catch up on a million things. I haven't been able to get out to the theater as much as I like. So I feel really kind of behind with a lot of the uh, the new releases and everything. But you saw um, the you saw <laughs> the greatest showman. I did go see that. Yes, I took the kids to that, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. The kids really loved it. The, the soundtrack is like pretty much constantly playing right now. Anywhere my daughter is, her phone is playing the soundtrack. That's awesome. Yeah, great music. That, a lot, it was a, you know it was a it was a a decent story. You know, I, I don't know how accurate it is as far as P.T. Barnum's uh, not life, but <laughs> not, but yeah, right. <laughs> but it was an awfully uh, 
uh, fun movie, just uh, mainly because the music is so stinking great. Well, and I should say, I think it is actually accurate to his life in terms of the major beats. They just left out sure. so much that of the darkness, like that. Yeah. Know, so, uh, but it was it was really happy. It really connected with our family too. I mean, they just the music was always on, uh, and singing with it. And you know, uh, there's this there's this karaoke app my son has that that has all the songs in it uh, the smool sing karaoke sing which is fantastic and he oh. uh, he he sings karaoke to all the great tracks in there it's it's wonderful so um it's fantastic. really worth worth checking out the music for sure uh, we have uh, we have some a big show today. We want to talk about we've got two lists to cover, so we need to we probably need to to bust through some of this follow up that we had uh we've sort of gathered uh over the last couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah, yeah we do. Since we did take a break, we, uh, as promised, we said we'd be coming back with uh, several sets of lists for all of the people who are uh, anxiously awaiting what we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> anxiously awaiting. All right. First of all, um, uh, community member, uh, Mr. Tilkvist, our friend from, dear friend from Sweden, had a baby. Uh, I have it on uh, good authority that he named it Next Real. So thanks for that. We couldn't be more proud. Congratulations. Uh, it, Absolutely. That is a, a real baby with a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he, that is what it is. Congrats, uh, Martin. We're thrilled for you guys. Really, really thrilled. Uh, Andy, I, I do have to ask, why do the Swedes love Ivanhoe? There is a... <laughs> thread <laughs> in the Slack oh, group about uh, Ivanhoe. Do you know, do you, have you, are you an Ivanhoe fan? I, I've never seen Ivanhoe. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I saw him, uh, I saw, this is again, uh, Mr. Tilkvist who, who sent this comment. This is the less important comment. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, there's the baby and, and then there's by Ivanhoe. by the way, Ivanhoe. <laughs> Although I hear Ivanhoe is actually the baby's middle name. Next real Ivanhoe Tilkvist. Ne- Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> God, that's so good. It's oh, brilliant. So it's uh yeah, what a strange little thing that uh the country of Sweden has this thing about showing Ivanhoe on on uh was it Christmas or New Year's? Now I'm forgetting the I, I, information. I think it's uh, uh I think it's New Year's. I was looking online and in Sam Neil who is in Ivanhoe, like every year it's brought up to him, this whole idea of the love that the Swedes have for Ivanhoe, the fact that they play it on TV every year. And he is like as perplexed as everyone else. He's like, what is going on? I don't understand why they perpetuate this strange little movie that I was in. Um, It's just, it's one of these funny things that nobody, I, I mean, I was looking online, nobody seems to really know exactly what it is. I almost feel like it's, some some TV network exec uh, was looking for something to play on New Year's Day, and they put it on, and now it's just kind of a tradition to keep it going because it's so strange and it's created right. something. Well, and it also is is a boon to the takeout pizza uh, business because apparently right. that's what you have to do. You have to get takeout pizza and watch Ivanhoe, the made-for-TV uh, adaptation of the book. That it's uh, it is a baffling. Uh, a tradition, but I'm I'm all for it, and I too I feel like uh, if I saw it, I don't remember it. I I would have told you that I'd seen it, but I'm looking at it, and I doesn't look familiar at all. Uh, and so I think we need to do this next New Year's, Andy. Is this this should probably be our New Year's movie? Oh, we should should totally do that. Yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so that's uh that's in the news for sure. Ivanhoe, happy new year. Uh we do have a comment from our uh, good friend Johan Weilander uh about Die Hard. Yeah, he uh enjoyed the show uh and uh do you want me to read all, like Well, we we have a or? couple of points to take on out of his email, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's just take them in turn. Sure. So the first up, hilarious to listen to you raving about Die Hard, especially the theory about the Stockholm syndromed yuppie who turns terrorist in the end, the obligation to Frank Sinatra, and Al Long's candy bar obsession. Right. But the Stockholm syndrome <laughs> gets us into his next question. What about the Helsinki syndrome? Is it intended to be incorrect or is it just intentional, unintentionally wrong? I think it's intended to be incorrect. Is he doubled down on it? Because when the, the reporter says, you know, Hel- Helsinki, Sweden, and it's not Helsinki, Sweden, it's obviously... Finland, Stockholm, Sweden. Right. Uh, and, and that has, since I first saw this, caused me to get those two cities and those two countries confused ever after. 
Helsinki uh, Sweden or Helsinki syndrome is a thing, though. Uh, it's actually, it's not. Go to Wikipedia well, right, yeah. and search for Helsinki syndrome. It redirects to Stockholm syndrome. Like somehow it got it got convoluted. The the Stockholm syndrome is a is the real thing, and it's all about the normal storing robbery that took place in Stockholm. Uh, uh, in 1973, and that's the real story. It's Stockholm, not Helsinki. Right, right. And it has yeah. it has been convoluted over over the years. It, well, it's right. Helsinki syndrome has almost become like the urban dictionary definition for yeah a Stockholm right. syndrome. Right, but that it's right. not a it's not a thing. It's not the it's, it's not, not the psychological right, yeah. condition. No, it's not the, right, but it, yeah, it's it's a thing, meaning that it's just something that that people say when, but it's completely unintended. Uh, it's almost like I think that uh, they were. Uh, it was a um, a a uh, a moment that the screenwriters put into the the script here, um, almost forward thinking to having Rennie Harlan directing the second one. It was like almost an invitation it, to it him. It was. That's a great point. Yeah. 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 Okay, then. Uh, what is our... Let's see, what's next on it? Uh, so then he gets into, Johan does, what has become the great oh next my. real New Year's controversy. That's exactly what Welcome it is, to yes. the party, pal. Yeah, this is something... I, I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess we're just uh, flat-out idiots, no. or at least I am. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, the, the way... The way we talked about it on the show, I think you you brought up the fact that you were confused about this uh, when uh, they throw the bo- John McClane throws the body right, off the right. building and says, "Welcome to the party, pal." And then there are gunshots on the 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 car, Al's car, as he's backing up. And the way it was cut, it looks like it was McClane who was shooting at the car. Is that does yeah, that sound that that right? The way that it's cut, it, it it seems like you know, in order to get Al's attention, it seems like he throws the body onto Al's car and then shoots at it to uh, kind of get his attention, so that Al thinks there are bad things happening afoot in this building, and he needs to get the PD down here. Right. That's essentially kind of how it plays, and. Thinking about it again, I'm like, you know, it, it is weird. Like these, okay, so so what this basically means is it's a poorly edited scene because we never actually see the terrorists. We do get that wide shot where, yes, it it's pretty clear it's only like the fifth floor or so when the Germans start shooting at his car. But the, um, uh, it, it's just, it's this thing like, okay, so so the Germans start shooting at Al they're what what it means though is that basically they're waiting for something to happen like they're real nervous about um uh the um uh al noticing something i mean we already see them inside getting ready to kill him in case he goes too far down the hallway you know mm-hmm. um and and then the um uh and then obviously the guy on the fifth floor is watching him and then I guess he's just he's got a really itchy trigger finger. So as soon as as soon as he sees that body land on Al car, Al's car, I guess it just means oh, time to open fire. It's it's a strange scene. Like I, I'm, I guess the logic behind it all around is a little kooky. Yeah, I I guess the the issue is we we did have a couple of people who wrote in who said you know that they saw it the same way we did, but, but in large part I I think the the majority of folks saw it differently that in fact it was the terrorists who were shooting uh, down on the car, and I, I I have to admit that's how I see it completely now. I get it, um, and I don't think I'd ever given it as much thought before uh, watching it this time around. So I think it really just just speaks to um how critical editing is for certain scenes yeah and and how things can be interpreted if they're cut certain ways um i don't think it's something that's ever really struck me sideways at all um it's just it ended up being one of those talking points as we were digging deeper into the movie that obviously turned into something a little bigger. <laughs> I think it's I think it's terrific. People are very opinionated, very opinionated about, about Die Hard, and uh, we we probably stepped in it a little bit. But I stand by our position on the same editing issues that happen in Die Hard Two, and and as yet nobody has written in correcting us on that. I think because terrorists yes. can't see through walls or, or planes. That's right. Yeah. 
All right. That's right. Let's uh, let's do trailers. Let's do it. Uh, I, I don't know why I brought this trailer this week, Andy. I don't even like these kinds of movies. Really, really, I don't. But I'm talking <laughs> about uh, Slender Man. Uh, and it's oh, yeah. another take on the 2009 internet meme, uh, the story of a tall, thin, horrifying figure with unnaturally long arms and a featureless face who's reputed to be responsible for the hunting, haunting, <laughs> haunting, hunting, <laughs> and disappearance of countless children and teens. I, I, I don't know. I didn't like this trailer. I, I don't really like how the trailer was um, was put together. It's one of those that, that moves from horror to like german expressionist and uh i had uh, problems with it i i i I like the concept of the slender man i think it's a a spooky um characterization and it it gets into all of my deep-seated anxieties about dark woods uh but and child abduction which is a, a terrible and terrifying thing to even consider and has plagued me for the last 15 years but uh, the the movie just really I, I found myself annoyed by it. It is uh, directed by Sylvan Sylvain White, written by David Burke and Victor Serge, who has credit as creator of the Slender Man. Uh, in in fact, Victor Serge's name uh, in real real life is Eric Knudsen, who uh, developed I guess originated Slender Man. Yeah. As the uh, uh, the character on a creepy pasta internet meme uh, in two thousand nine, so uh, there there you go. That's Slenderman. I did not like it. I'm sure. Sh- I think you did. No, not really. I was watching the trailer, and I was uh, initially. I'm like, okay, so is this just taking this you know fictional Jack Skellington sort of character? And is it just kind of a horror movie with it, or is it something where they're they're trying to tie in some of the um, the the kind of the real uh, horrifying stories that have evolved from it, like those uh, two girls uh, stabbing their uh, their classmate, um, and and I couldn't quite tell from the trailer. I mean, I, honestly, the trailer just makes it look like Slender Man is a thing terrorizing girls. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering um, in the trailer if they are going to try to bring some of that in, some of those elements, and uh, and turn it into something maybe a little more than just kind of a straight up, uh, you know, low end horror movie. I don't know. Uh, it's it's an it's an odd thing this this fictional character that's um, that Knutson uh, created. Um, was it like? Eight years ago now, uh, nine years ago, that's that's still is this uh, this uh, effective creepy character. I mean, it is a very creepy um, concept, and just the the way that stories have kind of evolved from it is it's interesting. But um, and there are a number of them. I mean, there's a there are some yeah. you know there's a Russian film called Slender Man from 2013 that's based on the concept. There's another one uh, with uh, Karen Gillan um, uh, called Slender Man that's essentially the same thing. The tall man uh, with Jessica Biel is essentially the same thing. Like this is this is certainly um, a a characterization that that has has really it has legs, very yeah. long legs, Andy. Um, <laughs> plus, a, I mean, plus there was a documentary that yeah. came out a couple years ago, just really about kind of that stabbing uh, situation that happened. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, it's weird. It's 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 an interesting concept, um, kind of like the boogeyman. I mean, basically that's what it is. Is a kind of a more modern boogeyman and uh yeah i i don't know if this is something i'm going to run out and see but it is interesting how um this concept kind of keeps uh, kicking these these stories out there yeah if you want you can uh, play the game uh, video game minecraft the story game has slender man in it and or you can play the games of knutson's own slender the eight pages and slender the arrival uh and uh yeah interesting stuff what's yours there you go. There you go. My trailer, Pete, is it's actually a movie that um, was just released in theaters uh, a couple days ago, January 5th, but not uh, any sort of big release that, that I, at least I understand. It. Um, it is a Chinese fantasy comedy called Hansen and the Beast that, um, that I picked just because it looks so absurd. 
but there was something about it that just that made me laugh. And so uh, so I ended up just kind of going with it regardless, because it's one of those trailers that, um, you know, like I said, it's probably not going to be in theaters um, uh, too wide here in the U.S., but it looks like a really wacky movie. And if, if people are interested in seeing something quirky, check out the trailer and maybe look for the movie when it's uh, released digitally over here. Uh, the story of Hansen and the Beast, it's about this uh, Yuan Shui, a, uh, a debt-ridden animal breeder who tries to get out of his financial predicament by finding a wealthy girlfriend through matchmaking dates. He unexpectedly meets and falls in love with the fox demon, Bai Chan Chu, who's arrived to the mortal realm to repay her gratitude. However, the head of the demon tribe, Yun Zhang Zhang He, forbids a love relationship between a demon and a human and takes her away. To seek his lover, he bravely crashes the demonic world. That's uh, just kind of a quick little write-up. Um, it, it sounds kind of just like a, an interesting little fantasy movie, but it has some levels of humor that are quirky and weird and uh, some strange, just, I mean, these these you know demon characters, this girl turns into this Arctic fox and this guy turns into this, I don't know, this eagle thing and... I don't know. It's it's a strange little Chinese uh, movie, uh, but uh, I thought it looked funny, so that's what I picked. I think it looks great. I was so excited by this trailer. I was I was <laughs> giddy. I get the same feeling, you know, watching so many of the the you know these great sort of modern uh, Chinese action movies that are just really fun, and the the uh, effects look appropriately cartoonish yet photoreal. Like I, I was right. just delighted. Um, and that that final scene, you know, do you, do you wear clothes when you talk to each other? No, we have fur. <laughs> We're naked, but we have fur. I thought that was a riot. I I got a great chuckle out of this. I can't wait to see it. Probably, as you say, won't be seeing it in theaters. Uh, but boy, I'll I'll grab it on digital as soon as I can. Looks looks really great. Great pick. Yeah, just a very strange one. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those fun ones that, uh, despite the subtitles, uh, could be fun for the whole yeah, family. Right, so right. So anyway, that's my pick, Hanson and the Beast. All right, Andy. It's time for the lists. Oh. And we're yes. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bust through these because we have a lot of stuff. I'm sure you have a yes, lot of stuff. Do. I'm sure of it. Uh now <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a detailed uh Andy Nelson style write up of what these lists are with rules and everything. All I have here is for list number one, favorite Christmas movies. Is that is right. that what we said? This is our list for Die Hard. Okay. We said we'll do our favorite Christmas movies, which obviously was restricted because we have covered quite a quite a few every year. Yeah, that was disappointing, I found. <laughs> I wanted to talk about most of the ones we've already talked about. And the second list we'll be talking about is best airplane crashes in film. Uh, do you... Everybody's favorite thing to talk absolutely. about. Absolutely. You know, we should have done best airplane crashes over the holidays. That would really drive that last nail in. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, fun for the whole family, yep. indeed. Let's start with favorite Christmas movies. You're put, sitting down with the family. You have a, a trio of films you'd like to watch. Uh, where do you begin, Andy? That's a that's a great question, Pete. One of the classics that we watch every year, and I don't even know if I can call it a, a real classic, but it certainly is something that's become a classic for our family. It's something that we absolutely watch every year. It's an animated uh, Christmas film that we just love. Um, it's got amazing heart, great characters. Um, I know some people just really never connected with it, but our family did. And we uh, just have such a great time watching Arthur Christmas, a fantastic uh, film directed by Sarah Smith with James McAvoy, Hugh Laurie, Bill Nye, Jim Broadbent, Melda Staunton. Uh, just a fantastic uh, cast of people in this story about this uh, this son of Santa who's, uh, you know, a little on the hopeful side, uh, whereas his brother is a little on the high tech side. And Arthur uh, has to figure out how to get this one gift that accidentally got forgotten to uh, this little girl. And it's just it's a really heartwarming story. Our family loves watching it. That's my first choice, Arthur Christmas. I think that's a great pick. And that's it's kind of a recent discovery for us, too. And uh, we definitely watched it when the kids were of a certain age. And, and it makes me think we should pull it out again because uh, we haven't watched it in a couple of years. And it's a that's a great pick. It's a, a fun movie. And uh, I don't know. I think I, I wonder if it's overlooked as one of the standards, but it could very well serve. That's a great like action standard for kids. 
It's yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a great choice. Everyone should check it out. My first pick is another one that I don't watch every year, but every year I watch it, I love it. And uh, that is uh, the Richard Donner directed Scrooged, starring Bill Murray. And I, you know, it's okay. It's a it's the Bill Murray's take on a Christmas Carol. But man, I find this money this movie so funny. Uh, Bill Murray and Karen Allen and Bobcat Goldthwait and Alfre Woodard. I mean, it's, I don't know. I just think this is, um, this is one of Bill Murray's kind of sweet spots. And uh, he's, uh, it's, it's charming and strange. And uh, it showcases everything that he needs to do. And Carol Kane, it is Brilliant, just brilliant. Uh, one of the funniest ghosts. So uh, mine, mine is is starts with Scrooge. Well, and you have to mention that Robert Mitchum pops up yes. in that one too, which <laughs> is uh, one of his later in life films, and it was always nice to see That's him. In right. that one. That's a great point. And all of the <laughs> uh, all of the Murray brothers, Brian, John, and Joel Murray, right, uh, also yeah. show up in it. So definitely not one. Uh, my recollection, I haven't seen it in quite a while, but my recollection is it's not quite as family appropriate. As uh, something like Arthur Christmas, it's an, no, it's an older family, older family. <laughs> That's thing. right, a little, yeah. little, a little bit older, older family. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. My next one is it's a family movie that. Um, I, I say family movie, but it's really uh, something that's it's about a family. It's more something for my wife and I. Um, it's definitely something my wife watches religiously. Um, it's a really touching film about uh, a family coming together for uh, the Christmas holiday and um, dealing with, uh, you know, just uh, mom has an illness and uh, there's, a, you know, some new girlfriends and a, a lot of different things happening in the film. And it's The Family Stone, uh, directed by Thomas Bazucha, uh, with Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, uh, Craig T. Nelson, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Sarah Jessica Parker, Luke Wilson, fantastic cast of characters. Um, and it's just this this family uh, as they're kind of struggling to come together. Uh, you know, Dermot Mulroney brings his really uptight girlfriend, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, home for the holidays. Um, and and then Diane Keaton, we find out, has uh, she's dying. And it, there's, there's just so much stuff happening in this story. It's this beautiful film about family and just kind of the uh the the craziness of how families can be and how everybody comes together um it's a great film it's something that always um i think just hits uh hits perfectly for both my wife and i Uh, and that's my number two the family stone craig t nelson is brilliant totally underrated absolutely he's always 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 great great pick my uh, second pick for christmas the ref also not family friendly, but I'm telling you, even though it's a Kevin Spacey thing, right? I know we're into this is the era of digitally replacing Kevin Spacey. This is Dennis Leary's. Uh, this is a great Dennis Leary movie. Uh, he is a criminal and he's in the midst of a jewelry heist uh, from this home he's broken into and he sets off the alarm and gets trapped in the in the basement. Uh, and it, it's it's a story of of him put together with this this family uh, or this this couple in marriage therapy BD Wong is a, is a particularly great therapist uh, and a very funny character uh Dennis Leary Judy Davis Kevin Spacey Glennis Johns BD Wong very very funny movie about a, a couple reconcile trying to figure out how to reconcile their marriage at the hol- at the holidays with uh the aid of a criminal uh in tow I love the ref. I've never even seen what? it. What? What? I know. Oh, I know. Andy. Ugh. You should see it, but you have to picture Christopher Plummer in the whole thing. Uh, right, that's the exactly. new, that's that's the new we'll spacey rule. It'll be, I'll have, to, I'll have to picture what, 1995 era? No, uh, no. Christopher now, Plummer? Just, just, just 85 years old. He's married to just Judy like, Davis. He's 87 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I forgot to say, directed by Ted Demi, uh, written by Richard Lagravenez and uh, Marie Weiss. The ref. Fantastic. All right. Well, my final choice, Pete, uh, you know, there are so many standards that are Christmas movies uh, in our house. Um, um, there's there's uh, uh, some that are uh, more kid-friendly. There are some that are more adult-friendly. 
But for my final pick, um, I really have to go with just one of my all-time favorites, one of the uh, perennial Christmas classics, and that is uh, the fantastic Frank Capra film, It's a Wonderful Life, from 1946. This is... One of those Christmas movies, I, I mean, it's a Christmas story. It it kind of turned into one of those movies that was on TV every year at Christmas, like The Wizard of Oz and Sound of Music. Uh, but this one really is kind of this this really powerful story about this this uh, guy who uh, is, is is considering suicide on Christmas Eve. It's <laughs> this incredibly dark movie. And you forget that sometimes when you're watching it. But showing it to kids, it's like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, here he is, like, getting ready to jump off the bridge. And then he goes through this, this uh, you know, uh, Back to the Future 2-style past <laughs> where he sees all of the things that happened in his life because he wasn't around, um, uh, you know, and how he really helped everybody. I mean, it's an incredibly touching film. It's one of the most uh, uh, wonderful performances that uh, that Jimmy Stewart did. And of course, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore. Uh, it's it's just an absolute classic. I love watching it. I've never been bored of it. Uh, and that's my final pick. So I, I have a... It's on my list of shame, but not because I haven't seen it. Uh, it it's on my <laughs> list of shame because as long as I've been married... Uh, and ha- I've never watched it with my wife or family. And I found out this year she's never seen it. Wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. So I I have some work to do. I need to catch up on this one and for for the sake of the fam. Absolutely. Yeah. You better get, to, need work to, get to work on that one. I, for my final pick, I was deeply tempted to pick uh, less than zero. <laughs> Because just because of all the uh, all the Christmas cocaine, and and I know that's a holiday, that's a, a perennial holiday treat. Uh, I did not, however, I picked one that that absolutely has cemented itself as our final annual watch, um, which is Elf. Uh, you cotton-headed ninny muggins, Andy. Uh, this Will Ferrell movie has is one of the absolute sweetest most adorable most kind-hearted kind of modern christmas movies that um uh that that we've stumbled on uh directed by john favreau uh stars uh, james Kahn, uh, the blonde jo- zoe deschanel uh mary steenbergen is the the wonderful wife and mom to uh, james Kahn and and their son uh, but also bob newhart and ed asner uh it's just a fantastic cast all the way around and uh they all play their relationship with Christmas with the appropriate uh, sort of level of enthusiasm. You know, even Ed Asner's Santa is, you know, he loves Christmas, but he's he's a he's a grizzled old guy. And I just I love it. I love it so, so much. And uh, we watched it again this year and just had a, a as good a time this year as we have uh, every other past year. Elf. Fantastic choice. Yeah, that's that's definitely on our annual watch list also. I didn't put, and I should say as a bonus pick, uh, the Christmas Eve late night movie that we've watched every year since we got married. And I, in fact, have watched every year since, well, I don't know, I guess it came out with my family, um, you know, barring the years that it wasn't available on video uh, with my parents is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, and so that is mm. that is definitely our tradition, uh, but it's uh, I don't know. It felt like a little bit trite to pick that one. And we've it's one of those. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a um, uh, yeah, you know, it's a perennial yeah. classic. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people watch a lot it. Of people watch it. We are some of those people. I I've never loved it as much as some of the other uh, vacation film. Well, mainly the first vacation yeah. film, but it still is. It's, it's one of those movies, Andy, that we watch. My wife didn't either. The first time she saw it, she thought I was silly. The next year, we watched it again because you have to. That's how you make tradition. And she right. liked it. I think about the same amount. The third year, it was the third year she watched it that I actually found her looking forward to it a little bit. And the fourth year, she started quoting it. And and so uh, it see. it took a little while to come around to it. Traditions yeah. are formed. Yeah. So, all right. Our next list is equally happy. Uh, we are talking about yes, great is. airplane crashes in film. And I want to say that I picked my movies, and the list was much longer than, than Christmas movies. I'm a little embarrassed by that. <laughs> 
but the, I pick my movies based on how much I love the airplane crash, not how much I love the movie. Right? They're they're sure okay. they're independent of one another. Okay. And in most okay. cases, in, and, in most cases, I actually really loved the movies as well. But in some cases on my list, depending on what we steal from each other, uh, I may not love the movie, but love the crash. I guess we'll find All out. Right. I was surprised as I was, I was kind of digging into this. Um, you know, we had actually talked about a good number of films already on the show that have crashes in them. I was like, oh, yeah. World War Z, The Edge, Fight Club, Knowing, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I know. That was disappointing. Uh, actually, quite. <laughs> well, why don't you kick this one off, Pete? Go uh, ahead. Okay. Well, my first pick is one of my very pa- favorite uh, uh, airplane crashes. Um, no, I'm going to make that my third pick because I think it is my, it may be my favorite airplane crash. Okay. I will start with what I think is widely considered to be one of the, like, uh, across the industry as one of the best airplane crashes in film, and that is Jeff Bridges in Fearless. I think. Oh, did I did I just steal something from you? You did. It, it's, it's okay. It's terrific. It's terrific for a number of reasons. The, the first is that it's, it's a great and terrifying crash. It's silent, uh, and... Bridges is, uh, at, at that point, he's he's gone up to sit in the front next to a, a scared kid who's flying alone. And the the mix of terror and heart in this particular sequence, I think, is, is very, very strong. Um, my memory of the rest of Fearless is not that great. Like, I really remember the crash, and I don't remember much else of the movie. And I, I don't remember being as touched by the whole movie as many other people were. So um, the, the airplane crash itself is strong. Um, and But, uh, you know, find the clip on YouTube. Well, I, I would disagree with you there. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant film uh, that Peter Weir did. And it's, it's very high on my uh, list of films and airplane crashes. And there's also footage of that in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. That was, that was the funniest part of going through airplane you, crashes you on YouTube. It's like, oh, wait, I use some of that footage, too. Oh, wait, there's that one, too. <laughs> you think to yourself how uh, easy it would have been to make the wait now? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so, so many. All right. All right well, my my first one is a Robert Zemeckis film that um, that is not uh, often regarded as one of his um, kind of one of his big films, um, but um, but I found it to be an incredibly compelling film, and it is his 2012 film Flight uh, with Denzel Washington. It was a kind of I, I I don't know if it's completely accurate, but it was like his return to to making real films, you know, people or films that weren't just um, uh, the motion capture uh, that he had kind of started doing in the early 2000s and led him to stop uh, making uh, 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 films with real people. Um, this was his uh, his return. And it's a really powerful film, I find, about this uh, airline pilot who um, who has an in-flight mechanical failure on his plane and he has to do this insane uh, landing, uh, part of which he saves the plane by actually flipping it in midair so that he can get the uh, get the um, direction um, back where it needs to be before he crashes it uh, into a church and a field. Um, all while he's high on coke, and it's uh, that's kind of what the bulk of the film is about. Is this is this 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 pilot who saves all the people on board, nearly everybody. Um, but he was doing it while he was high. Um, really powerful film. Denzel's performance is great. Uh, Zemeckis's direction is top notch as usual, and the airplane crash is just incredibly intense. So that's my first choice: 2012's Flight. I, that's a terrific pick, and the you know I have this such a, a clear memory of the the plane's wing going through the steeple on the church. Uh, and Denzel's face, like looking out the window as he's watching the wing uh, destroy right, stuff, it goes, goes crazy slow. Yeah, it's it was it's just beautiful and horrifying. Uh, my next pick is also uh, beautiful and horrifying. <laughs> that is the this is this falls right into that category because you stole flight from my list, uh, and that is uh, <laughs> Final Destination, 
which was not oh, a movie I liked, but the plane crash is. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know, but you know me. Uh, it was yeah. it's the movie. The movie's great. Okay, the movie's great. It is it is what it there is. Uh, and, but the plane crash doubles down on the most horrifying elements of any any traumatic event. Like I don't expect all of the like head popping and blood spatter in an airplane crash that we get in this one, uh, only to be you know. Um, amped by the bodies and entire rows of seats being sucked out into into the air and and the f- burning flesh of uh, you know the fire on the uh, as it's just careening down the the aisle uh, is it's really terrible it's just terrible it is a disastrously horrible terrifying plane crash so thank you to final destination my second pick <laughs> Yeah, that's the the fun thing about that movie is that not only do we get a plane crash, but because of the, the whole concept of the film, these kids cheat death. And then they keep, you know, then there's the car crash. And then there's, you know, they, it's like death comes after them in every way you can. Yeah, it's good. Oh, what fun. It's good. Oh, what fun. You know, that's a very fun one. For my next one, as tempted as I am to uh, to stick with Zemeckis, um, I may I may return to him depending on what you pick for your next one. I'm actually going to go with uh, one of my uh, faves. It is the uh, 2011 film, uh, which I know I've talked about on other lists. I just couldn't remember what lists they were. Um, it is the Gray, uh, the fantastic oh. Joe Carnahan film uh, with Liam Neeson, again Dermot Mulroney, uh, Frank Grillo. Uh, this group of oil men uh, who are uh, coming back from uh, their time up at uh, the the rig up in the the wilds of Alaska, and their plane goes down, and then of course the rest of the movie is the survivors of the accident having to battle this pack of wolves. Uh, just an incredible, incredible film. One of my faves. Um, but the plane crash is is for me. It's just such a brilliant one because really it's largely seen kind of from the perspective of uh, Liam Neeson's character as he's you know it, you know he's sensing what's happening. He he uh, latches into the seatbelt um, next to him. He kind of uses that as something to grip with um, as the the plane gets ripped apart and crashes. Um, it, it's an incredibly powerful sequence that uh, it really kind of kicks off an incredibly powerful powerful film. So that's my number two. It is really terrific, and it's really haunting, right? It is dark for so long uh, before the the plane starts opening up. It's just great and really scary. That's a great pick. Uh, That was certainly on my master list, uh, but I didn't pick it for my final movie. The final uh, on, on my list is Martin Scorsese's 2004 uh, biopic of Howard Hughes. That is the airplane crash in Hollywood, uh, as uh, our, our dear friend of the show, Leonardo DiCaprio, takes his failing military <laughs> jet and crashes it across the homes of uh, this wealthy area and into a mansion. Uh, I, I love the whole thing. I love the whole thing, actually, because of, of what it is, because it looks so real and so good uh, in broad broad daylight um the level of destruction the level of uh, there there are a few little comic snips in there as as you know the people in the homes start feeling it shake and then ultimately you know it crashes into this thing leo's uh depiction of fuse in this movie is top notch Uh, i i think this is a this is both a great airplane crash uh, and a great film yeah absolutely um good pick there it's uh there's nothing like seeing Scorsese uh, directing the uh, devastation as the plane's wings like rip through the roofs of the Beverly yeah. Hills mansions. Yeah, it's it's great. Definitely. Uh, for my final uh, selection, uh, I you know I think I'm going to go with uh, this film uh, again. Uh, another film that has some shots in the wait. People should check that mm. out. Uh, this is uh, a film that I found quite powerful at the time. Haven't seen it since, but it's a really interesting story. It is uh, the 1993 film directed by Frank Marshall, Alive, uh, a biopic about the uh, the story of the uh, the Uruguayan rugby team that uh, crashes in the Andes and um, 
they have to, uh, you know, the, the survivors have to figure out how to survive. Um, you got Ethan Hawke, Josh Hamilton, Vincent Spano, uh, uh, Ileana Douglas. It, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, group of these, these people who, um, I think a big element of this story that, um, circled the actual instance, also the film is the fact that in order to survive, um, the players had to resort to eating some of the flesh from the dead people. Yeah. It was, it was very controversial. I know it was definitely a, a moment the filmmakers were, uh, quite nervous about as far as how it would play. Um, but I never found any issues with it. I felt it was handled, uh, very, um, uh, kind of effectively and honestly. Um, and, uh, but really it, it starts off with this incredible plane crash up in the mountains as you see them, um, hitting the, the, the peaks and it rips the wing off and then the other wing off and then the tail and people are getting sucked out. And it's an incredibly horrifying, uh, playing wreck. And that is my, final it's pick. horrifying because it's real. Like, you know, that they base this yeah, on, right. on the real crash. That is the thing that just tears me apart. So, uh, that's a great pick. I, I'm really surprised, Andy, this is a, this is a great list of plane crashes and these six movies, I think, you know, Pop them in because you'll you'll like them, even Final Destination. Uh, but I'm really surprised that you didn't pick Castaway. I was going to. I was torn because I, I did one Zemeckis movie. And, you know, I was torn between the two, I think. Um, and as much as I have my uh, affinity for Tom Hanks, Flight isn't a movie I hear people talking yeah, about as much. Yeah. Um, and Castaway has an incredible, incredible plane crash. But um, I, I wanted to just highlight Flight on this list. So my master list was really long uh, and included so was mine, right? Yeah. Included all these movies and all the movies we talked about. And still the one that I really wanted to talk about as my honorable mention is Superman Returns, which I think the just the general effect and that hero moment of Superman saving this flaming plane and, and dropping it into, uh, you know, into the middle of the baseball field is really great and i i feel good every time i watch it it's exciting the music just it just crushes it and uh, and so that whole sequence is really great superman returns that's an honorable mention i just have to mention because uh watching it again this morning uh it's just really exciting whatever you think of the movie uh that that sequence is top notch yeah, and that's kind of the return of Superman yeah, and, in the movie called Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah, and and so what's uh, did you have any honorable mentions that you uh, you you didn't get on the list? I mean, I guess I'll just say Castaway. Uh, I, I mean, I had a quite a an extensive list as well, but um, I'll just stick with that one. We uh, we're moving into we're still in the middle of our Die Hard series. Yes, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. What do we do? What do we do for our list for? Uh, next week's movies around Die Hard with a Vengeance. Well, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Let's see. There's it's a it's a gold heist. Do we want to do anything with um with uh, heist movies? We could do heist movies. We're gonna have a lot of heist movies. I have a feeling when we do our ocean yeah, series. Yeah, I think so too. The, that's what that's the spring. I worry about that a little bit. Um, might yeah. not be as great a time uh, to do that. There's something to the the whole sort of Simon Says thing, like uh, movies where a, uh, a uh, game is involved in the the narrative. There are some movies that I can think of right off the top of my head that in that that kind of fit that bill. I don't know how many. Wow! And then there was Ring Around the Rose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and its sequel, Pocket Full of Death. <laughs> uh, I I actually think we oh, could come my. up with something for that. I've got a couple in mind that are that are interesting. Fun listeners, do? I do, uh, but but I'm not gonna. I, I won't. I won't spoil them. Game mechanic movies, or but I'm not. I don't feel like we're, I'm. I'm oh, I don't feel okay. like we're done. We're not. Don't hang it up yet. Oh, okay. Andy. Okay. 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 Uh, anything related to Sam Jackson? Like favorite Sam Jackson? No, movies? that's not. That's like low hanging fruit. Oh, um, I know, but it, it allows a lot of it, options. It sure does. <laughs> favorite got, Sam Jackson um, buddy movies. <laughs> Sam Jackson buddy movies. Uh, Favorite movies with Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis. <laughs> movies involving people going through big tunnels. <laughs> okay, tunnels. I could do. I could. I could truck with tunnels. We could do tunnels. Um, we could do tunnels. What about movies in which the 
uh, antagonist is uh, a nameless voice. Are there that many? I don't know. I don't know. That's part of the game. I can think of one. I got two, and one of them is this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is interesting because we don't meet our antagonist physically for the first 47 minutes of the movie. And that's that's what I'm thinking. Like you, eventually we we meet the antagonist, but it's played for quite a while right. as a mystery. It's a mystery. Are you intrigued? I am intrigued. I'm game. It's it's an interesting uh, way to All go. Right, how do we want to How do we want to phrase it? Movies in which uh, we don't meet the antagonist physically for the first half of the movie. Well, in which Chunk. the antagonist, the mystery of the antagonist, is central to. The narrative. Yeah, because even once we meet him, we don't really know who he is until... Oh, yeah. right, do we know? Did we find out that he's Hans Gruber's brother before we meet him? Spoilers! It's right about the same time. There we go. Next week, movies in which the mystery of the antagonist is central to the mystery. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I think there's more than two movies. I hope so. I think we're going to be able to pull it apart. Okay, excellent. <laughs> uh, what are you, are you... Are you going out to see anything today? Anything hot on your list? Uh, no, I'm going to the doctor. You need you need that. You're gonna check it check in with urgent yeah. care, and then uh, it's kind of a busy uh, TNR day, isn't it? Is. It? it is. It is. I'm a little loaded with uh, with show prep. Oh my goodness! <laughs> all day long. Um, yeah. So we better go get started on that. More shows coming later. Yes, we better. All right. Yes, Thanks, indeed. Andy. Have a great day. You too, Pete. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.